and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, it's Ari Mizell. Welcome to the Less Doing, More Living podcast. Nine years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, a little-known, extremely painful, and seemingly incurable disease, which forced me to go down a long road of radical transformation so that I could reduce stress and win back a normal life for me and my family. While extremely painful, Crohn's was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to innovate and create the less doing, more living system, which I used to govern my life. Then I was given the gift of starting to teach this system to other people. And over time, I was able to help more and more people through a video course, this podcast, and the Less Doing, More Living book. Now I have the privilege of working with some of the world's top business minds, including Dean Jackson, Joe Polish, Dave Asprey, and Jordan Harbinger, who have all decided to join me for the first annual Less Doing Live Summit that I'm holding in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. To get more information on the Less Doing Live Summit, you can go to the URL lessdoinglive.com. Or you can also find links to the event on our main site, lessdoing.com. Now, enjoy today's podcast. And if you listen to the end of the show, I am going to give you more information on this event, as well as a way you can earn a free copy of my book, Less Doing, More Living. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast, episode 144. I'm your host, Ari Mizell, and I'm your solo host today, again, as Felix is still traveling. And I've got some great links to share with you today before we get to the interview, which is with Shannon Waller of Unique Ability. She is one of the head coaches over at Dan Sullivan's Strategic Coaching Entrepreneurship Program. And she is just all of her thinking is just really in line with what's doing, uh, being able to focus on your unique ability. She had this amazing form that she sent me before our podcast. And not that a podcast is necessarily something that's insignificant, but it's a half an hour we're sharing together. And she had a full page of what her goals were, what a success looked like, what a failure looked like. It was really great. It really set the tone. And it's a practice that I'm actually going to start implementing in some other areas of my business now. So you're going to love this interview with Shannon Waller. So the first thing I want to tell you about is there's two articles that I put up for today. Now, Normally when I have, you know, if I have like apps or things like that, I can just check them out, try them out, do whatever. If I have articles or studies that I want to discuss on the podcast, I, I have to spend some time and read them usually and, and get to figure that out. I wanted to try an experiment today. So I think speed reading is a really interesting area of practice. And some of the older speed reading methods that exist, I think, are not real in, in that you can read faster maybe, but I don't think you retain as much. The methods that people seem to be converging on nowadays is this idea where you see one word at a time, but it moves along very quickly. So whereas an average person may read it 150, maybe 200 words per minute, and you're reading your lines like that, you can read three or or even four times faster than that if you're going one word at a time and just seeing that one word. So it's less information to process, I guess, in a way. And there are a number of apps and services allow you to do this, but So there's two articles that I want to discuss today, and I purposely did not read them until just before the podcast. So I read these two articles about five minutes ago, 
using the Chrome plugin called Spreed. So that's S-P-R-E-E-D, and we'll have that in the show notes, of course. Spreed is a plugin for Chrome where no matter what website you're on, you click the button and it will start showing you the words one at a time at whatever speed you want. You can increase and decrease it. So I just read these two articles at 400 words per minute. So it took me about a minute to read each of these articles. And I retained it, I believe. I mean, of course, it's only been a few minutes, but it seemed to make sense to me and it seemed to be great. So I'm going to start with that. So there's an article that came to me from uh, Felix's wife, Claire. Uh, she always sends some really nice articles. And uh, it's called An Upbeat Emotion That's Surprisingly Good For You. And this was in the New York Times blog, Ask Well. What they found was that, and this is not surprising per se, but they did a study at, at uh, UC Berkeley, and they found that students that were experiencing more positive emotions than negative emotions had lower levels of inflammation as measured by a uh, inflammatory marker called IL-6, which is interleukin-6. And they were using that as sort of a marker of general health. And that's that's fair. You don't want to have inflammation or chronic inflammation, rather. So uh, basically, they found that the students who experienced more positive emotions than negative had lower levels of interleukin-6. But what they drilled down to find was that the most impactful emotion was awe. So this is interesting because awe is a, it's, it's almost a little difficult to define but what they said was basically it was an event that passed the boost, the goosebump test. So, you know, I don't know if I always experience goosebumps when I feel odd, but I feel like I'm someone who might be odd kind of easily. And part of that is that every time I see a new piece of tech or something that can make people more productive, I feel like it's awe-inspiring. Like I'm always like, wow, that is amazing. That is absolutely incredible they were able to do that, that they could use artificial intelligence to make this thing happen. And that, I, I, so I feel like I experience a lot of awe. But I'm not sure if I get goosebumps per se from it. However, what they found was that these students that were particularly happy and particularly healthy based on this inflammatory marker were experiencing awe three or more times per week. So try to put yourself in situations basically where you experience more awe. Or maybe you have to lower the bar a little bit about what inspires you to have awe. But uh, basically, that's a really, really good emotion to have in terms of your health. And then the other one is an article. This one I'm really excited about. I've actually been saving this one because I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure that it was a real thing. It's an article in Fortune magazine called The Illuminati of CEO's Assistants. An inside look at the Seraphic or Seraphic Seraphic Society. So this is a secret club of assistants to high profile CEOs. So now this is really interesting and it 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 doesn't have I mean they mentioned skull and bones actually in the article but it's not quite that what there's really is it's it's almost 70 years old now and it was originally started as a network for for assistance to help assistance and of course the the guy who started this was a was a ceo and my i imagine that he was hoping that the assistants could basically make themselves more effective for him so i don't know if it was necessarily to help them specifically but it has grown into what they call this sort of sisterhood of the seraphic society and seraphic uh is from seraphim which is the biblical order of angels basically so there's a lot of interesting things here one is that a lot of times you'll see really high level ceos that really can't make a move or do anything without their assistance which is fine and actually in a good way because i think that that's being able to focus on that five percent that unique ability that they're good at and everything else can be done by somebody else but they really a lot of these assistants really run the show and they are usually pretty well compensated. So this isn't like a, a thankless job, but 
it's very, very hard work. I mean, you know, if it, think about on an extreme level, think about like the Devil Wears Prada and uh, Anna Winthor, basically, and, you know, needing people 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And a lot of it probably isn't that, but some of the requests go above and beyond what you might normally ask somebody to do. And that could be for travel. That could be dealing with somebody when you're, you're halfway across the country. But the interesting thing about this network is that it's a resource. It's a sisterhood. Uh, because if you don't know how to deal with a particular situation or you happen to know that, you know, the business that that other secretary works for is something that can help, you can reach out and get that answer and do better by your boss. And in some ways, you can see that that actually might make the whole system more efficient. Uh, another thing is that if somebody wants to meet with somebody else, very high level, then they can go through their assistance and the assistants can make it happen, which is pretty cool. So it's, it's, I love that this exists. I'm not sure how people necessarily gain access to it other than becoming executive assistants to somebody very, very high level, which is its own journey. But I thought this was really fascinating. So the Seraphic Society. All right. So the next one is a plugin for Gmail and it's called Crystal. So this is a fascinating idea and I'm still not quite sure how it works, but I've been using it and I've been loving it. Basically, you write an email in Gmail and it's connected with your LinkedIn profile and just your, your Gmail in general. And what it will do is it knows who the person is based on their LinkedIn profile and you can confirm who they are or not. But it can actually suggest words, phrases, style and tone that will reach the recipient in a more uh, impactful way. So it can actually tell you like, oh, this person likes uh, short. Here, let me see if I can give you a good example. This person likes short. Uh, warm and succinct emails. And it'll tell you like, don't use exclamation points when talking to this person. Or you should avoid phrases like, check out these instructions. You know, it'll actually give you very, very specifics of how you can improve your email, things you can take out and actually things you can add. And I've been using this and it's really been fascinating. And I don't know how effective it's been necessarily, but I have changed the way I've written quite a few emails now with it. And who knows? We'll see. Pretty cool. So. The next one is uh, there's an article in Medical Daily called More Than a Gut Feeling, GI Tract Acts as a Second Brain Influencing Behavior, Mood, and Stress Levels. And I feel like we've talked about this subject a number of times on here, but I, I always like when these articles come up because I think they sort of reinforce the importance of the gut microbiome. And this is, you know, you are what you eat. So if you're eating badly and you're disrupting your, your gut microbiome, then you're going to have mood issues. You'll have weight issues that... In fact, every time that I have basically completely eliminated sugar, I tend to feel a lot better and I act a lot better. And that's not just because of glucose spikes and everything. It's also because of the disruptive aspect that sugar can have your gut microbiome. So if you're not eating fermented foods or taking probiotics and you're eating bad stuff as well, you're going to really mess up more than just your digestion. It could really affect your life in a much, much larger way. Okay, so the next one, there's a, an app called Urban Walks. Now, this is a New York specific app, but... I thought it was really cool. And basically it gives you these pre set out uh, walking tours of different parts of New York City. And I love history. In fact, one of my favorite podcasts is the Bowery Boys, which is uh, just this awesome New York history podcast. And it's just fascinating. And whether you live here or not, so much stuff has happened in New York City in terms of the great history of the world. And obviously that applies to other cities as well. But finance and modern economy and 
uh, cultures coming together and just it's just so much cool stuff. And if you can do these walking tours, it's actually a really, really interesting way to see the city and, you know, see where, for instance, like the first foreign terrorist attack ever in this country, which was in the early 1900s in front of um, in front of the New York Stock Exchange. Somebody pulled up. It was a it was related to World War One. And they pulled up in a horse-drawn carriage that was filled with dynamite and blew it up. I mean, so there's still shrapnel marks in the buildings that you can see. And to me, that's just it's just incredible to think of where we've been, where we've come to. Anyway, urban walks if you happen to be in the city. And if you are going to be in the city for the Less Doing Live event, May 1st through 3rd, and you have a few minutes uh, or you want a little downtime, this might be a good way to use it. Okay, so now the next one is called, it, it, this is an Indiegogo campaign. It's called Hey Wokes, W-O-A-X. And still not sure how I feel about this, but basically it's an earpiece that has artificial intelligence in it that you can do. It's just voice only. There's no interface other than voice. So you can use it to call home or send text messages or tweet or do Google searches. So the, the reason, the thing I don't quite know about this is it, it to me it feels like Siri, but on your ear so that and that's not a bad thing but that's sort of what it seems to be able to do and of course without any sort of display there's going to be some sort of limit i would imagine but it's a really cool looking earpiece and um it you know it may be a good form factor if you're out uh sporting or the way that they're presenting it actually is that you could even wear it out to like dinner or a club and it's it's really cool looking so uh it's interesting it's worth checking out i'm not quite sure what my verdict on this is yet Okay, and the last thing is, this is actually really funny. Tiny Hearts is a company that makes an app called, they did a seven-minute workout, which sort of, it was in the New York Times a while ago and had a, a really sort of big impact on how people do workouts. And now they've come out with a four-minute workout. So this reminds me of that scene in Along Came Polly where the guy's talking about how he's going to do seven-minute abs to compete with eight-minute abs. Uh, and then the guy says, well, what about six-minute abs? And he says, that's absolutely ridiculous. So anyway, the four-minute workout, it's based on the Tabata Pro, uh, protocol which i've definitely talked about before and i think it's a totally legit way to work out what's cool about this is that most tabatas that you would do you would do one exercise uh four times i'm sorry eight times for 20 seconds each so you might do push-ups or jumping jacks or burpees what this does is each 20 second increment is a different workout which is nice i think actually that makes it really hard you get a really full body workout and it will uh it'll, it'll it won't get boring the important thing about a Tabata, which I just want to point out, whether you use this app or not, or you just do it on your own, is that to make a Tabata effective, you have to go redline. You have to push yourself as hard as you possibly can. You can't just sort of slug through it. You've got to go 110% the entire time, and it will hurt. It's a painful thing. It's not fun, but it's four minutes, and you can do it. So if you're in the mood for a really quick workout, check it out. So that's all the links I have for today. And thanks for listening to my my solo broadcast here again. Uh, that's episode 144. We are coming up on the live event very, very soon. May 1st through 3rd. That's lessdoinglive.com. I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. Hope to see you there. And now for feature interview. So now I'm speaking with Shannon Waller, who is the entrepreneurial teamwork strategist at Strategic Coach. There's a lot of strategy in there. So, uh, Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. My pleasure. I'm excited. So why don't we start right there? How did you come up with that title, and, and what does that mean? 
Oh, it's a great, great question. Well, it really ties in the three things that I am incredibly passionate about. So, you know, in terms of me looking for where my home was in the world and how I was going to create value, when I discovered Strategic Coach and they discovered me, it was we just kind of found, I found a home. And so I love working with entrepreneurs. I love working with people who have no barriers between them and the marketplace. They have to learn incredibly quickly about what works and what doesn't because the marketplace tells you quickly, you know, whether or not it gives you back a check or says nice things. You know immediately whether or not what you're doing is working. And teamwork is my passion. Ever since, even before I went to university, you know, I loved thinking about people in business. So that's what my degree's in. That's what I care about. I coach people on how are they, how are they being effective at work. And I really do think that work is a place for incredible expression of human creativity. And to me, it's always been my, where I wanted to play. And so teamwork for me is very much about how do people work really, really well together. And the term strategist actually comes from my StrengthsFinder profile. So Maximizer is my number one strengths because Gallup has you know, profiled well over 2 million people and come up with a pattern of 34 different strengths. And Maximizer and Strategic are my top two. And so I was talking to Bab Smith, co-owner of Strategic Coach, about this. And I said, you know, teamwork for me is really important, but also mostly because it's a really great strategy. And that's what my passion is. And so Entrepreneurial Teamwork Strategist just pulls all three of those things together. Okay. Well, and I, and I love that. And so there, there's a couple of things I need to attack there. But the first one is for people who are not familiar with the, the genius of Dan Sullivan, can you just tell everybody what Strategic Coach is? Oh, in just a few sentences, my goodness. No, no, please, take all the time you need. <laughs> uh, Strategic Coach is a phenomenal company that was uh, co-created and started by Dan Sullivan and Bab Smith, who, again, you know, entrepreneurs are definitely our audience. It's really to help entrepreneurs, once they've reached what we call the ceiling of complexity, which means they have skills, they have capabilities, but they're so filled up with stuff that they don't see how they can expand. And sometimes that silly complexity has to do with complexity of scarcity. Sometimes it has to do with the complexity of abundance, too much opportunity. But we help them figure out how they can dramatically simplify their lives, focus more on what they absolutely love to do and our passionate unique ability, which is what we'll be talking about today, yep. uh, how they can organize their time, their teamwork, their client clientele, so they can really maximize what they do best and really minimize all of the pain and the frustration and the, you know, just challenges sometimes that come along with running a business. So we have a set of thinking tools and concepts and ways of operating. You know, when people come into their coach workshop once a quarter, it's like bringing your brain in just to get calm, to get clear, to move from tacticals just to strategic, and to take a look at your lifetime, your next three years, your next quarter, and figure out, okay, what do I want? You know, how can I get clearer? What is it that's working? What's not working? And what I love about our concepts and tools is that they are all based on people's own experience. You know, we don't tell people how to do things. We provide a phenomenal operating system so that people can use their own experience, their own learning, their own wisdom, their own insight, and, you know, bring that to the forefront so that they can create the bigger features that they want. So it's, for me, having worked here since, you know, with Dan and Babs since 1991, 
that's what we do. And we get to work with the very best people in the world, as far as I'm concerned. They're motivated, they're ambitious, they're confident, they're intelligent, they're open, they're coachable, they're fun. Uh, you know, it's just a, a phenomenal community that we've created. And I love I love when people are attracted to Strategic Coach and I love who we're able to bring into it. And we just get to see people be more of their best selves, you know, at the bottom line. Yeah, so, I, and my, oddly enough, my, my first exposure to to a strategic coach and, and Dan was at Joe Polish's Genius Network annual event last year. I had sort of heard about strategic coach before, but uh, hearing my my first actual exposure to it was hearing Dan himself speak, and it was it was really incredible. So, uh, it, it, I mean, I love a lot. Or not, not only, I mean, the principles of strategic coach and all the principles you're talking about, the unique ability, and everything, really go really well in line with less doing methodology as well, which I'm, I'm sure you're aware of at this point. And that, you know, I believe that 95% of what most people do on a daily basis can be done by other people or other things. And it's that 5% that only they can do and do better than anybody else that they really need to be able to focus on. And the other thing about that, which speaks to what you were just saying, is that I, I feel like a lot of times that people have that sort of genius in them when they have that thing that needs to get out, but there's other things that are obscuring it. And a lot of times it's it's personal. It's it's they're getting in their own way. So I like that about, you know, being able to bring your brain in and sort of get clarity. I love it. And there is a total alignment between less doing and unique ability and strategic coach. And it, it is that process of, of uncovering or uncluttering, you know, what is actually essential because when you can tune into that you know, one of our, our older taglines was, you know, you know, make more work, work less, make more. Right. Now that's, no, everyone has that term, <laughs> but it's, it's true. When you can do what you love to do and you have systems and structures and processes and you don't feel like you have to do it all yourself, it's amazing how big and effective one can be, but also how much simpler and how much less time it takes. So I'm excited to talk to you because I know that we're very much in alignment about, about what the what the core is, what the essence is of people and how they can do things. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, so let's get to unique ability. For, for, oh, actually, I'm sorry. One more thing I wanted to ask you about before unique ability is that I, I noticed in, in your bio that you are a disc profiler and you're also a Colby consultant. And yes. I've gotten this question a lot, actually, comparing like people asking what I think which one's better and I think you kind of need both but can you just describe a little bit of the differences and we've had a couple disc profilers on here so people should be somewhat familiar with what it is but they might not be as familiar with Colby and, and the differences oh good and this, this actually really ties into unique ability as well because yeah. we I like both of those profiles to help give language to your unique ability because sometimes that's the hard part right so so it's here's how to think about it, and this is actually a model I learned from Colby, although it comes from psychological researchers, and, they, and they've simply made a great diagram out of it. The way to think about DISC and, and Colby and all of the other psychometric profiles that are out there is which part of the human mind are they measuring? And there are really three parts of the human mind, and, and everyone will recognize at least two out of the three. So the one that everyone is really, really familiar with is what's called the cognitive. This is your intellect, your skills, your mental bandwidth, your mental horsepower is another term I've heard, how quickly you learn. All of that is, is you know, falls into the cognitive part of the mind. This is your thinking part. Then we're also very familiar with the feeling part. And this has to do with personality profiles of which DISC is one. So it definitely falls into the personality or affective realm. So DISC and Myers-Briggs and social styles and... Uh, 
personality insights. There's a whole bunch that really measure, you know, pretty much four aspects of, of personality. And I, I love this and I find it incredibly helpful for that. Okay. And, and, but, and, and as far as Colby though, comparatively, and then Colby measures a third part of the human mind, which early researchers knew about, but did not know how to measure. And that is the instinctual. So we've got thinking and feeling, but then there's the doing part. And everyone will know this. If you, if you know you have the intelligence to do something and you know that you want to do it, but somehow you just don't, yeah. won't do it. When I first did my Colby profile, I was like, oh, that's why. Now I understand. And because Colby measures your volition, your will, your instinct, how you strive, how you problem solve, and how much mental energy you have for the four different problem solving ways. And I love it. So they're actually complete. Just in Colby, the bottom line is they're completely different. So I can be, you know, extroverted and a quick start, or I could be ex introverted and a quick start, which is actually what I am, which is kind of funny. Uh, People don't think that about me that I'm actually introverted, but I am on uh, per Myers Briggs. On DISC, I am DI, so dominant, in, you know, inspiring, is how that plays out. So they're just they're, they measure very separate parts of the human mind. Both of them are incredibly accurate. Uh, what's nice about Colby is it's also very stable. It does not change over time, whereas most of the personality profiles can, in fact, change over time. Oh, okay. That is very interesting. Okay. So then let's lead into unique ability. So let's talk about that. You know, I mean, other than the, the words itself, what is unique ability? Unique ability, there are several different ways of defining it, but let me put four key characteristics around unique ability. Unique ability are those things that you do that you have. First of all, the number one criteria is you have superior skill. You are better at it than most people, and that's not just your ego talking. Other people say, wow, you're, you're really great at that. The thing that makes it a unique ability as opposed to excellent or anything else is that you also have a passion for it. You love it. Your eyes light up when you talk about it. You get very engaged. You, you know, it, it actually gives you energy. That's the third criteria. So you have superior skill. You love it. You have a passion for it. Uh, you you. You know that you can always, it gives you energy. And the fourth one is, is that you also know you can always get better at it. So there's a sense of never ending improvement, again, because you have that, that passion for it. You're so interested in it. You're always wanting to explore and learn the different nuances and, and ways it can work. And so those four things, superior skill, passion, gives you energy, never ending improvement is really the simple definition of unique ability. The other part of it is that it, it's where you get to be a hero. It's where you make your greatest contribution to the world, to your audience. And who your audience is is actually a huge part of unique ability because sometimes you can be doing what you love to do and are best at, but you're surrounded by people who don't actually appreciate it. And so finding the right audience for unique ability is really the secret sauce to really having a fabulous life, you know, a, an abundant life where you're appreciated and rewarded for doing what you love to do and are best at. So what would you say is your unique ability? Oh my goodness, I have a unique ability statement. Would you like to hear it? I'd love to. Okay, let me just get it off my wall. <laughs> so sorry for the delay here. Okay, so this is a process that we work out. Uh, my sister Julia, who also works at Strategic Coach, has come up with a unique ability discovery process. And it's great to be coached through this. Our, our, we're just coming out with a new edition of the unique ability books. It's over 10 years old now. And 
she coaches people through this, and it's such a gift to have a sounding board, someone to help you put the words around it. But here's, here's what mine is, so I hope you like it. So my unique ability is intuitively perceiving the essence of a situation, then innovating and compassionately communicating practical strategies to align people's thinking with what's real, so that they're happy with themselves, maximizing their growth, working as a team, and fulfilling their purpose. Okay, so and well, that that's that's very elegant and it's long. <laughs> it, well, yeah, it's not. So this is I'm being completely honest. Like my issue with that is that there's there's some buzzwords in there. There's some things that sound very high level, but how does that translate to practical action? How do you actually live that? You know, I get to live it all the time. So in terms of what my life looks like in my daily activities, so I, I will coach people on the phone, I will lead workshops, I will do webinars, I'll do presentations. And anytime I'm in front of an audience, what I'm doing is I am perceiving the situation, and I use my intuition a lot, to read their body language, to get the sort of feel of the room. And then a lot of what I listen for is what what in their thinking is real and what is not. And obviously that's my version of what's real, which is kind of funny. And but what I like to do is help them get their thinking in alignment with what I'm how I'm perceiving the situation so that we kind of agree of the starting point. Because sometimes people will be upset, they're thinking they're a victim or they're thinking that someone's doing something to them and I'll kind of redirect that a little bit and then give them very practical strategies. I'm so uninterested in strategies that people can't use. It drives me crazy. It's one reason why I love love your book because there's there's full of just chock full of practical strategies. Well thank you. And that looks like here's what to say. Here's how to think about the situation. Here's how to approach that. Have you thought about doing someone's disc or doing someone's Colby? Because that again is another practical tool. So it's very much about having you know, really understanding the person, understanding the situation and then giving them ways so that they can make progress. And that's and I do that all day, every day, which is why I love my life. And, <laughs> and it's it's just fun. And I and I love being a coach. I love being a teamwork coach and strategist. And for me, it's just it's what I'm here to do. You know, okay. there's lots. Of, there's so many things I cannot do, or if I do them, it's, it's incompetent because bad things happen. But this, I just I get people. I get what they're trying to do, and I love giving them the actual tools to help them achieve it. Okay, so and and what what do you do to protect your unique ability? So, what, is there a process that you go through, or sort of maybe a mental screen, to decide that you're not going to do something because it's it's either detracting from or it is not part of your unique ability? I've never thought about protecting it. That's interesting. That's not a word I use a lot. The word I would use is leverage. So let me put it in that context, and I can tell you I have I've done this wrong so many <laughs> so many times. But the number one thing I would say that protects my unique ability, to use your term, is really being surrounded with people who have very complementary talents and skills. So, for example, Ari, have you done your Colby? You, you know I haven't. I've done DISC, but I've not done my Colby. Okay. What's your DISC, just for fun? Uh, I'd have to look. I'll tell you. Keep, keep, keep talking, and I will tell you. Okay. All right. So my Colby, even though not everyone knows the terminology, is... You know, I have a lot of mental energy for what's called innovate. You know, quick start, which is innovator, and then also some for being physically tangible. So that's called implementer. I do not have a lot of mental energy for fact finding and following through. So that means in depth research, schedule planning, all of those things. It's like I'm tired after about 
by the time I get to work and have my first appointment, I'm kind of done. And so what I, I just worked I, two years ago, hired a support partner named Nicole, who has the complete opposite Colby to me. She also has the opposite disc. And the two of us together are a phenomenal team. So I just came back from a trip from the UK and she's, you know, following up on stuff. She's sending out thank yous and gifts to people who helped me. You know, she's doing all of the scheduling so that I can have a fully packed day, but allows me to be fully present. And one of the things I realized is that when I don't try and do those things that which I have no ment for which I have no mental energy, the things I'm not good at, the things that just slow me down, or I'm really slow at doing, means when some I have someone else <clears throat> who loves to do those things and who's really, really good at it, that I can be my best self, she can be her best self, and together we accomplish so much more. In fact, I've tracked my productivity over the last two years since she's joined me, and I it's at least double, if not triple, what I was able to do before her. Gotcha. Uh, so I found mine. So my, my adapted style is, uh, yeah. is D and C. <laughs> okay, what's your basic style? Uh, my, so my natural style, right? Yeah. Um, well, so this is how it, it's showing that I'm uh, 48 on D, on D, 55 on I, uh, 40 on S, and 38 on C. Okay, great. So you're actually I. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah oh, so, okay, right. So dominant is I, yeah. Yeah, so I is influencing, persuading, which you actually do. You know, if you look at podcasts, if you look at writing, you are persuading people uh, for how to do things. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And well, one of the person who did this profile for me was a guy named Steven Sisler from Behavioral Resource Group. And it was a really cool podcast because he basically said that I have elements of being a psychopath um, in terms of uh, being, awesome. yeah, compartmentalizing emotions. So um, I, I don't, um, I don't empathize very well. Actually, it's something that I'm, I'm keenly aware of in myself. Yeah, that means so your S, your S is low then. Yes, yes, yes. it's low. <laughs> Well, it's funny because my C is actually my bottom. So C, for those who aren't familiar, is, is cautious or conscientious. And mine is basically scraping the bottom. Yeah, okay. It's, it's one off the floor. So I need a lot of help with that. And to go back to how I leverage my unique ability is Nicole is an SC. So she's very supportive and very conscientious. And I am so incredibly grateful that I've got someone around me who will do that. So she keeps me on track. I do my deal. And together, it's kind of amazing. Two things are kind of amazing. One is how much I'm getting done, how much more. The second part is how much more I can imagine doing. And this was interesting for me, and this goes back to our ability conversation, in that unless I'm being leveraged, and I'm sure I'm not the only one for whom this is true, I my my perspective is smaller. So if I if I have to imagine organizing or orchestrating everything that I want to accomplish, I just stop because I, I can't. I don't have that mental energy or capability. But when, when I'm leveraged and I have the team around me, all of a sudden my future gets bigger. And I think that's a really interesting thing for people to think about. It's like when you are actually supported and leveraged in your unique ability, what you can imagine accomplishing, the difference you can imagine making in the world actually expands quite dramatically. It's, it's really cool. So unique ability can really only happen in the framework of unique ability teamwork. I need to be surrounded by people who love to do everything I don't. And then together, we can accomplish something really big. Yeah, that's really interesting to me, too, because you, you get a lot of, you know, solopreneurs, right? And people who, they, they either they work, you know, the person who's like, I, I work better by myself, or they're, they're also the person who tries to take on too much and things that they shouldn't be doing, which is definitely not 
focusing on your unique ability. But finding team members is really a difficult thing for people. And I've, I've been really impressed to see that a lot of these, these uh, not psychological profiles, what would you call them, more like emotional profiles in a way. Psychometric. Uh, Psychometric is the technical. Psychometric. Well, to, yeah. So they're really helpful in terms of figuring out who's going to fill the hole, basically, that, that you're not providing. Because if you don't, then you're just going to end up trying to provide it and you're going to do it in a half-assed way, as you said. So how do you, what does the process sort of at a high level look like in terms of finding someone's unique ability? Because the statement that you just read for us is very detailed. There's, there's no computer program that can p come up with that statement for you. No. I hope not. <laughs> no, right. So, so, but also at the very bottom of my page that we kind of make a pretty page for it is my Colby and my Strengths Finder. So one of one of the things you know when people want to get started in the unique ability process of discovering who they are or, or what the words are to articulate it is do profiles like Colby, like Strengths Finder, and there's some very easy ways to do it. So, and by the way, Strategic Coach gets no financial compensation. These are simply companies we found that do a great job. So Colby, you can go on to kolbe.com and do your Colby A profile. So K-O-L-B-E is how it's spelled, not, not the cheese. You know, that's a great way to identify how you simply strive. It doesn't measure intelligence or personality, so it's not a test and you can't fail. Strengths Finder is fabulous. So it, is a, it's, it gives you your top five strengths. And if you go to Gallup Strength Center, you can do it for $9.99 US, which is always really fun. So look for the top five strengths. So gallopstrengthcenter.com. Those are two that we automatically recommend. And then, so those two tools will give you just huge insight. And, and as I keep saying, most importantly, the language around which to describe how you do things. It will identify whether or not you like to think strategically or whether or not you prefer, you know, you're focused on, on people. You know, it identifies the type of different strengths you fall into. And, there are, and, and Colby has strengths-based words as well. So those two tools really are the starting point that we recommend for people to figure out their unique ability. Then the other thing we like to do, and I'd love to have your um, audience do this, Ari, and that is to send out a letter to people and you simply ask them, what do you think is my unique ability? You can say, I'm trying to figure this out. We'd really appreciate your help. Send them an email. Oh, that's cool. It's, I know. You say, what do you think is my unique ability? Now, people just balk at this, at doing this exercise because it feels like you're asking for compliments. And, <laughs> I kind of, and they go, no, 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 you know, I can't. And then they'll say, oh, well, I also have to ask for what are my disabilities. I'm like, no, 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 we already all know those. <laughs> you don't need to ask those. But when you ask people what is my unique ability, what they answer is what they really appreciate about you and how you create value for them. And people have been amazed, and we suggest eight to ten people whose opinions you trust. That's the criteria. And ask, give them a deadline for when they're going to email it back to you. And far better by email than in person because people will change it, what they say, based on your response to them. And simply say, I just really appreciate your, your insights. And what you'll learn is what you're doing that people like, well, appreciate about you, how you're useful for them. And you can ask tw 10 people from completely opposite you know, ends of your life, and they will say almost exactly the same thing. And at this point, you may, what people find is that they discover, oh, I didn't know that, that what I was doing was useful to people. I didn't know that people appreciate that about me. And it's, it's, if you're having a bad day, pull out those letters. <laughs> it, will, it will change your mood because you recognize that you do have value because people have articulated that really clearly for you. You know, that's a really 
really excellent suggestion. I like that. I like that so much. Um, I really like that. So, um, okay, well, so the last question that I always like to ask on these interviews is, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? And I know that you know a lot about being more effective, so you can you can give us whatever you think would help. Uh, well, it actually ties back to just what we're talking about. So number one is figure out your, your unique ability to do it. Yep. Number two is, in order to make that happen, surround yourself with people who love to do all those things that you don't. You know, find, find out a partnership with them. And the third thing, and this is probably my personal value system coming in here, is bring your heart to what you do. So I think a lot of people think that to be effective, they have to think a certain way. And my interpretation of people who are the most effective are people who integrate their hearts, their heads, and their guts. You know, and so it's really that integrated person I find are the most effective. They don't get tripped up. They're self-aware. They know what they're doing, the situations they're best in. They're tuned in in some way. So I think if you bring your whole self, your heart included, to the party, that also dramatically increases effectiveness. Well, I love those. I think those are really practical suggestions. So thank you. Uh, okay. And where can people find out more about you, Shannon, and find out and get the book and everything? Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, strategiccoach.com is how you can reach, you know, the bigger world of Strategic Coach. My personal website around team success, because that's, as you know, my passion, is the team, it's just teamsuccesshandbook.com. And there you can look at the book. You can, um, I have a team success podcast series. I've done author interviews with people who I think are fabulous that support my, my version of teamwork. Uh, there's also a whole recommended reading list. And your book's going on there, by the way. And Thank you. <laughs> very welcome. And yeah, so there's just a world of resources and some downloadable tools to help facilitate teamwork too. So teamsuccesshandbook.com is the best place. Wonderful. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for your time. It's really been amazing. And, and I hope that this gives people a, a clearer path towards their finding their unique ability. I hope so, because a world full of people doing their unique ability, to my mind, is a very good place. Hey, it's Ari again. Thanks for listening to today's show. As I promised at the beginning of the show, I am going to tell you more about the Less Doing Live event in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. Then I will tell you how you can earn a free copy of the Less Doing More Living book. Less Doing Live is an event I am putting on with Business Research Group in New York City. We have designed this event to give you and a small group of Less Doing fanatics a personal, quality experience. We are limiting this event to 150 participants in Manhattan to make sure that I get a chance to meet and hang out with every one of you. Now, here's why this event is different. You see, most business conferences are just a series of speeches on a stage where smart speakers get up and give you tons of great information. In fact, it's usually so much that you don't know what to do with it all. But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I have designed this event to make you take action. But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I've designed this event to make sure you do take action because the only way to make big changes in your life is to invest in yourself. And that's not only an investment of your money because you can always earn more of that, but rather an investment of your time, which is something so precious because you can never get it back. So at this event, we're not just gonna talk. On the first morning, Dave Asprey and I are gonna share with you the latest cutting edge tips on how to hack your productivity and biohack your body. But then that afternoon, it's gonna get really exciting when we break down into small groups and get you into workshops to solve your biggest problems in productivity. What are the workshops gonna be? They'll be designed to help you tackle the fundamental problems that stop 99% of the world from realizing their full potential. 
getting your email down to inbox zero and mastering your communications with the world or a scheduling class where you can learn how to automate your schedule to the point where you will have a calendar working for you or an outsourcing class where you can learn how to get rid of 95% of the things that you shouldn't be doing on a daily basis. We're also going to have a biohacking class that's going to include nutrition and help you master your body and your life. Which one of these classes should you attend? Well, that's where my last doing certified coaches come in. Before we even let you get to the event, you have to speak to one of our coaches so that we can talk to you and see if the event is right for you. That way we can make sure that we truly help you. So to get to the event, you just need to enter your email and then register to speak to one of our less doing certified coaches in a free 45 minute coaching call where you will learn the one area of your life that you need the most help with and will get the most impact out of. Now as a special gift to you for joining this free coaching call, I want to recognize your commitment to your productivity by giving you a free copy of the book, Less Doing, More Living. Thanks for listening.